What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here, sitting in a village by the sea to introduce this week's episode of Tales from the Crypt with Fabian Yar, uh, an incredible young man who has been participating in the Chain Code Labs summer residency. Uh, we had a great conversation uh, about his experience in Bitcoin, the, the German Bitcoin scene, Berlin in particular, uh, his experience with Lightning, and a bunch of other cool stuff, including what he's been working on uh, this summer. Uh, this episode of Tales from the Crypt is brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them. They're a favorite. They're a favorite app, our favorite P2P payments app, because they're allowing us stack to st- Excuse me. They're allowing us to stack sats. Right. You can buy Bitcoin on the app. You can sell Bitcoin on the app. You can send Bitcoin from the app to a personal wallet or from a personal wallet to the app. They're really building out their Bitcoin functionalities. On top of that, they have an incredible boost program. This is one of my favorite things of the Cash App. You get a personalized debit card it's accepted anywhere the visa is and then they partner with merchants that allow you uh, to initiate boost and you're able to save a little bit of money when you go to those merchants using the, those boost uh, these merchants include things like whole foods uh, chick-fil-a taco bell your local coffee shop uh, and a bunch of other stuff they're always adding uh, boost and adding functionalities to the app so use the code if you haven't downloaded it yet if you were late to the Cash App game and you were just downloading it now, make sure you use the code STACKINGSATS. That's one one word. S-T-A-C-I-N-G. Excuse me. I just spelled that wrong. S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. One word. You're going to get $5. Then $5 is going to go to Owls Lacrosse out of Chicago, an incredible charity uh, helping young boys and girls in the west and south side of Chicago develop leadership skills via the sport of lacrosse. Uh, so go download the cash app today. Use the promo code stacking sats, get that $5, feel good about yourself for sending $5 to Alves and then enjoy this episode with Fabian. I know I did. Okay. What is up freaks? Welcome back to tales from the crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here on a Monday night. Sitting down with another member of the Chain Code Bootcamp. Very excited for this. I saw this gentleman early in the summer when he first came uh, to the States to embark on the Chain Code uh, Bootcamp. We met after a bit devs. I believe it was the first day that you guys were doing it, or the second. It was the first one, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to introduce you freaks to Fabian Yar. Fabian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. How's Thanks your summer been me. since we first met? Awesome, awesome. It's uh, so great to be at Chain Code, and uh, yeah, I'm. I'm learning a lot, uh, meeting lots of great people, working with a lot of great people. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so before we dip into like the nitty gritty of your tale and stuff, I just think it's li- not hilarious. I think it's awesome because I've done a boot camp before too, and I know how invigorating that just that environment was. Like I did a sixteen, no, not sixteen week. It was twelve weeks. A twelve week digital design boot camp wasn't quite as intense as the one you're going through, but it, it was an intense exposure to uh, UX and UI design and front end development. But you're ex- like hanging out with a group, a very small group of dedicated people for sometimes 12 hours a day, six days a week. What's the experience been like for you? Because I remember uh, the first night you guys were in the city after Chain Code, excuse me, after BitDevs, um, just like the vibes were high. It was like every, all the new uh, residents or boot campers, whatever you want to call them, were, were meeting each other and spitballing ideas of what you guys wanted to work on. So how's it been since that first night? Um, I mean, first of all, we had like this on-ramp phase uh, that took like two and a half weeks or so uh, where we had, um, yeah, like 
planned out schedule basically of uh, presentations, uh, lots of people coming in uh, to visit us and talk about uh, interesting topics. Um, some some of the presenters are from Chaincode, but some of them also also visiting, like Touch, for example, and um, Julia Fanti and, and a couple of other people that I'm forgetting. Uh, and um, yeah, so that, that was, um, we didn't really have much time to think about like what we were going to build or so, I think, in the first, uh, in the first few days. Um, so it was really just a fire hose of information. Um, and yeah, we were, we were kind of dealing with that in the first, uh, in the first few days. Um, of course, it was awesome uh, uh, meeting all these people and talking about ideas with them. Um, and then afterwards, um, there was like, I would say like a transition week, which was the uh, 4th of July week, uh, which meant there was not that much going on. Like we were also, um, some people they actually went camping in the woods uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> to take a break. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, um, I also explored the city a bit uh, um, over that weekend. Um, and since then, yeah, we we're kind of free to, to explore our ideas. And, uh, but of course we get help. Um, with with whatever we want to do, and there's really not any pressure um, for us to to um, really deliver specifics or so, um, or or directing us into something that we really want to do. But um, yeah, we we get help with like to work on something that actually makes sense, that that uh, where there's a high chance that it's actually going to get merged at some point. Um, yeah, and that's that's what we're working on now. Yeah, so you decided to work on uh, an, RPC, an RPC call that indexes <coughs> the UTXO set, correct? Yeah, exactly. So it's um, gettx outset info, um, which is a RPC call. I feel like it's not really getting much attention. Uh, and I think also the reason for that is that uh, it takes several minutes. Um, the thing that takes several minutes is that uh, it uh, calculates the hash of the whole uh, UTXO set. Um, and yeah, that, that's just a, a pretty inefficient hash function that is uh, running over the whole UTXO set and does, does just takes a, a couple of minutes on, on mainnet, on testnet on my computer, um, takes like almost two minutes. Um, so yeah, it's for me not really um, surprising that, it, that it's not really getting used. So the, the, the main use case where I've seen it actually being used in the wild um, is FastSync from BDC Pay server. Um, where you can get like a UTXO set um, from from Nicola Dorier basically, um, mm -hmm. and uh, then you can compare the the hash of that UTXO set with somebody else's hash to make sure that you got the right UTXO set. Um, but aside from that, it's it's not really getting used. Um, yeah. So you're sort of depending on that uh, BTC pay server model for somebody else to to run it as well and and cross check against that. Um, I mean, you don't like you depend on getting the UTXO set from them um, because nobody else is probably going to going to give it to you in in, in that package basically. Mm -hmm. um, but you, um, yeah, then you basically have by hand to ask someone for for the hash from from their UTXO set. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's 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 also not uh, exposed um, on the P2P layer, of course, because it would be a huge uh, vulnerability um, uh, of the US attack. 
Mm -hmm. um, and so um, actually what, what I'm working on now is something that was proposed uh, two years ago by uh, Sipa Peter Willer. Um, who uh, proposed to use a rolling hash function um, that is updating uh, with every block and um, that you could basically get instantly a hash. Um, and uh, the nice thing about uh, such a rolling homomorphic hash function is you can just add hashes of uh, new UTXOs um, on the fly um, as new blocks get accepted. You can also subtract them um, as blocks get rolled back. Um, and so, yeah, that's a much more efficient solution for, uh, for that kind of problem. The concept of rolling rolling back hashes is something that, uh, or if the chain rolls back, you can subtract that. All right, that makes sense then. Yeah, actually, not rolling back the hash. Um, so, how did you come to decide? It seems like it's a pretty blank slate that chain code throws at you, and, and like you said, they let you sort of figure out what you want to work on. How? And I know you said this is something that you think should be fixed, but how exactly did, did you contemplate working on anything else? And and sort of thought, ah, this is probably where my time best uh, best spent. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I should also say that uh, when they when they interview you to get accepted to the program, they already ask you like what you want to work on, and they they already know that uh, probably you might not be working on exactly what you're presenting there, but um, it's kind of a requirement, um, I think, to to get accepted to already have ideas and to kind of have a. Um, yeah, see some things in in Bitcoin or Lightning that that you want to fix or improve. Um, so. Basically, every one of us came came in with with some ideas, um, but um, yeah, especially for me, um, they changed a lot. Um, so the the one year or so uh, before the residency, um, I had mostly been concerned with Lightning. Um, there was just a big motivator for me um, to um, yeah, like like a new way of using Bitcoin, basically um, that that motivated me to to build applications on top of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I had I. I basically wanted to work on, on Lightning stuff, um, but then we had the introductory phase that I talked about where we were talking about lots of issues and, and things around uh, Bitcoin in the, in the first part of that, of that time. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of got me back into, or got me back to being very excited about working on Bitcoin. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just had uh, several ideas uh, that I also wanted to work on Bitcoin Core. Um, and uh, yeah, while I'm still very excited about Lightning, um, I just decided in the end to to work on an uh, issue with uh, Bitcoin Core. So were you predominantly focused on Lightning, uh, like your whole uh, developing on Bitcoin career, quote unquote, if you sit in that your career, but like the whole time you've been building on Bitcoin, has it been on the Lightning layer and this is your first exposure to Core? Or were you sort of reviewing uh, Core uh, before you got fascinated with Lightning? Yeah, but um, I would say that was uh, not comparable. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I haven't really built a functional application or so at, at the scale of the stuff that I've built on Lightning. Like, um, my understanding of Bitcoin was, was much lower back then um, before... Uh, like like 2016 2017 or so like i i think i have i had a kind of good picture of how bitcoin works but it just was yeah was lacking ideas basically i would say um that that motivated me to really like build applications on top of it like it seemed like lots of the ideas that i found compelling there were already projects out there um and then i kind of didn't have the time i guess uh to to really get into them and contribute um at least that's what it felt like um and then Lightning was kind of something new where um, it felt like 
there were many people not really knowing what was going on basically mm -hmm. but still building stuff on top of it um, and then the, the the community in Berlin also played a huge role because uh, um, lots of your um, listeners will probably have heard of this but um, uh, we've had several lightning hack days and there was also one here in New York mm -hmm. um, FOMO hack days correct yeah exactly uh, yeah. FOMO are uh, the guys that are organizing it and um, so um, yeah, they are they are connected to uh, several people from the Berlin community. They were interested in in lightning, and um, yeah, that kind of uh, drew me into into that community of of uh, Bitcoin in Berlin and and lightning, and um, yeah, that that uh, really motivated me to kind of take my understanding and and uh, or yeah, my understanding to the next level, but also then yeah, actually build stuff on top of it. Yeah, no, it's actually I feel like we're both spoiled because. Behind New York, I think Berlin is probably one of the hottest spots for for Bitcoin and and all these other projects that are proliferating as well. Uh, do you feel spoiled in Berlin, like with the uh, the people that are there? Uh, yes and no. Um, so um, I would say definitely yes uh, for the community of of people. So um, also in the statistics, I mean nobody knows how much they are worth, but uh, in the statistics of uh, full nodes being run, uh, Germany is uh, usually pretty high in the ranking. Um, and uh, in Berlin, there are lots of people that uh, are building projects on top of it. Um, the only thing that we are maybe missing is, is uh, larger companies that are um, employing people um, uh, to work on Bitcoin open source um, mm -hmm. or, or like bigger Bitcoin uh, projects, I would say. Um, but the community is great. Uh, meetups are great. If you're around, then uh, please come visit us. Yeah. And what were you, um, what were you doing before uh, Bitcoin? Um, before Bitcoin, I was just working as a software developer. Um, yeah, uh, well, I, I was... Um, what kind of systems were you working on? Uh, just web stuff. So um, I, I, I had uh, some experience with uh, larger companies, uh, but mostly when I was a student. Um, and uh, yeah, that got me very demotivated about working at a large company. So um, basically, that was also the reason why I moved to Berlin was uh, I wanted to work for startups. Um, and so I worked for startups as an employee first, and then uh, I became a freelancer. Um, so um, I yeah, could uh, switch around even more and see more companies, um, uh, help even more companies. Um, yeah, and uh, so, but these are mostly internet startups. So um, different, different tech stacks, but uh, mostly uh, web stuff. Yeah, and, and how did you stumble into Bitcoin? You're saying you think you have a pretty typical story, but who knows? Maybe it's <laughs> Well, um, so I first got a got a mail by a friend. Uh, yeah, um, let's say not super early, but but uh, um, yeah, probably 2013, uh, 2014, uh, um, and it was like sometime around when when the price had gone up. And uh, he was in Japan at the time, and uh, he had, uh, of course, because of Mt. Gox, some some exposure. Like I think that's how he heard about it, um, and he told me like, how about you check this out? Um, and I checked it out, but I unfortunately approached it from the wrong angle. Um, so as I said, I was very much thinking about uh, startups uh, and also always had in the back of my mind the, the possibility to start uh, my own project. Um, and so I thought about Bitcoin as something that would enable uh, uh, some some new things uh, as a technology that would enable some new things. But uh, I was um, kind of thinking about it in a different way that I see it now. So um, it just, just 
I would say I, I guess I, I saw it as a tool for existing corporations and not as this like whole new playground of like possibilities. Uh, I, I completely underestimated. I would say. So what do you mean as a tool for incumbent companies? Like they could just accept Bitcoin and. Yeah, so I, I guess I would say that the way I, I looked at it would be appropriate for uh, machine learning stuff now. So as a way to optimize like certain parts of a, of a, of a company and, and optimize business operations or so. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, didn't, didn't really see the bigger picture or um, I mean, I cannot really uh, remember the stuff. The only reason I know that I was thinking about it this early is because I still have some notes on my computer. <laughs> um, I really, otherwise I, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really know that anymore. Um, but yeah, that's just brainstorming about some ideas, you know, it's like, okay, gambling, but then it's, uh, it's, uh, you have these headaches with, with laws and you have to go to some, to some shady country or whatever. And, um, you know, you can do an exchange, but, uh, uh, it's go probably going to be very small and there's already one exchange out there that is working so yeah no <laughs> so yeah it's, uh, what, it seems very crazy from today's perspective what led you to your epiphany or your aha moment um, uh, was it lightning or no no it came a bit earlier um, so oddly something that that like I think there are other people that had this experience as well um, uh, is that uh, Ethereum also played a role in it. Uh, so when Ethereum came around um, and, and Berlin is very much also Ethereum country. Um, so they, they have uh, hackerspace there, parity is based there. Um, so there, there was a big Ethereum community and um, especially in, in before the DAO came around, like there were lots of presentations. So that kind of got me more interested in the space again because I saw, okay, there's, there's something else out there. Um, they um, made yeah, large presentations and it seemed more um, uh, approachable um, at the time. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I spent some time uh, looking at that. Um, then I saw what, what came of the DAO um, and that, yeah, that, that kind of uh, drew me in even more because I saw, okay, this is, uh, um, like it showed me how low my understanding was of, of the whole space basically, yeah. So the DAO turned you off of Ethereum or? Mm, I cannot really say that. It was like, um, I, I saw it as something that is kind of, that was kind of interesting, but I hadn't really looked into it deeply enough to form a real opinion on it. Like I'm very, um, I, I really don't want to commit to any opinions usually unless I have very good uh, understanding of something. Um, and uh, with this, it, it was like that, but I was, I was looking at it pretty curiously and went to some meetups and, and so it, it sounded um, like something that could be interesting and uh, um, but then, you know, like that, there was, there was a bucket that, that, that like made the whole thing crash. And that was like, um, <laughs> for me as somebody who was usually when, when I, when I go to a new company and I do that routinely as a freelancer, um, I go deep and I understand the systems and like, I mean, there could be potentially part of my job to prevent something like this. It was uh, very interesting to me that there were so many people at these meetups and, and watching these presentations and apparently working on it and all, everyone seemed super smart uh, but still this this happened and like and how much money was 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 disappearing um yeah it was just uh, very interesting to follow and and led me to uh, have a desire to to understand it from a much deeper deeper perspective so you've obviously wound up working on bitcoin what what uh sort of led you to have a deeper understanding of both ethereum and bitcoin like what was your course of direction did you 
start spinning up Solidity or excuse me, uh, like a parity node and writing in Solidity? Were you jumping into the the core code base and sort of figuring out how it worked, or were you were you looking more at development uh, mentalities, if you will? Um, yeah, I I I mean, I've spent quite a bit of time to think about like does Ethereum make sense or not? Like like the the uh, what they what they pitch um, does it actually make sense? And then like like many people that are uh, in Bitcoin now, <laughs> I just at some point realized like I cannot come up with something that uh, is a use case that that really makes sense to me. And then um, at the same time, I I just understood more and more that um, the use case of Bitcoin. Um, as it really becomes a uh, store of value and like it's growing in size, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, every year that it survives basically, um, it becomes uh, like, yeah. It's more like, likely to survive, right? Yeah, into yeah the exactly. Future. Yes. Um, that, it's, that it's much more relevant and there's like the, the, the only real use case for, for, for using a blockchain right now. So it's like by, um, uh, I don't know how you say it, but... Uh, Via negativa? Basically, yeah, 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 exactly. No, it's. I mean, it's. It's how most people come to to do it, right? Like I'm. I'm the same way. Like I, actually, I was. Exa- I was very bullish Ethereum until the DAO hack as well. As soon as the DAO hack, I was like, this is, mm. this is not, not uh, this is not right. This is not okay. We should not be pumping this stuff. And then you dig deeper, and so what, what, sort of excites you, about Bitcoin in particular from like a technical perspective, um, from a from an engineer's perspective like do you do you uh admire the conservative nature of the the team and the review process the team uh the contributing like bitcoin core that process in particular do you like uh working with the engineers who like to work on bitcoin um in particular or do you feel like you learn yeah. more i mean the, the 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 guys the the people that i've met that are working on bitcoin are all great um uh, i'm i'm very happy that i can uh, work with uh, specifically the people at chaincode but also other people that i've met online and at some conferences um uh, but also i i really i really cannot like name one specific thing i just i would like to say that Bitcoin is like the most interesting software project in the world right now. This, or not not just right now, probably forever, um, uh, because yeah, it's, there's there's nothing else out there that is that is that like can have the impact of of Bitcoin and uh, like the story how it comes about, the, the the fact that it survived ten years, like this is all so so incredible. It's like a freak of nature. That's uh, right, crazy. The fact that the incentives have have stayed aligned for the last decade for at least a decade is, is crazy. I forget who I, somebody was tweeting about that today, but it is, and I think it was Eric Lombroso actually, who, who was uh, saying the fact that the incentives have, have been aligned for, for a decade is insane for a project uh, as ambitious as Bitcoin. Yeah. So I guess that's like where we can take this. Like, how do you see Bitcoin changing the world? Is there anything uh, that you would consider, um, Maybe not an unpopular opinion, but maybe a, a lesser known opinion that uh, the way you see Bitcoin changing the world or um, how do you, or and how do you just see it changing the world in general? Um, I'm, I'm very much a hands on guy, so uh, I'm not really thinking that much about like visions of the next 50 or 100 years. So I, I don't really 
yeah, I, I, I would say that's kind of a waste of time to, to, to think about that because I'm, I'm trying to understand the code base right now and uh, I'm, uh, but I'm thinking about like short term, of course, I, I would not be excited about it if I wouldn't see it as something that is uh, solving people's problems. Um, and so um, on the one hand, uh, one thing that I, that I always like to name is that it's fascinating that, um, you know, we had, uh, we had the um, refugee crisis in Europe um, and so just to just to imagine that somebody, at least in theory, um, coming from Africa and, and crossing um, the border to, to Europe um, on foot or so, um, that they, if they had the ability, and I'm not saying that that's easy, but if they had the ability to change uh, some of their wealth to Bitcoin, um, they could basically memorize the phrase and, and just walk across the border basically like naked um, but they could still have all their wealth with them or at least like some fraction of their wealth um, that is that is just extremely fascinating and there was this, like definitely one of the things that also motivated me to to look into it deeper when when the um, refugee crisis was was coming about um, and then um, yeah for for states that are experiencing um, uh, that are experiencing um, inflation, hyperinflation, um, Bitcoin doesn't even have to become like this, this huge world currency or so. It just needs to be something that is, that is an alternative for people that um, even if it's just the, the, the um, wealthiest 10,000 or so of the country that, that get to change some of their, their wealth and like keep the state from, from, from uh, diluting it. Uh, um, but yeah, that already can have an impact. It's so crazy how how powerful it is and then the fact that like most people obviously most people because bitcoin isn't widespread don't grasp the power of this and i guess that's why i do this podcast and the newsletter and i go why you code is to make you code to make the system stronger i would imagine and i'm doing this podcast to help people uh sort of try to grasp the the, the magnitude of this like it's a big innovation yeah. and like so do you find yourself explaining Bitcoin to, to people a lot at home or are you more of a, oh, I work on some code, <laughs> I'm a tech guy? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> um, I'm, I don't find myself uh, explaining it to that many people. I am so... Um, one thing is like, like the, the, funnily, the, 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 the people that I would like to explain it the most uh, are my two younger brothers. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> they uh, they sort of say it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> why, do that, why do they say that? <laughs> well, um, they uh, they are into robotics and they want to work on software that moves the robot's arms. And uh, so they think that that's more exciting. And uh, so I haven't been successful in uh, um, making them making them interested in Bitcoin. How much younger than you than uh, you are? There, um, they're ten years younger. They're um, yeah. Well, they they're in uh, college right now. Oh, nice. Um, they'll come around. Maybe they'll maybe they'll need the, to know the importance of. They'll come to notice the importance of sound money in the digital age. <laughs> and yeah. Um, but robotics is pretty cool. Are they working on like drones and stuff, or uh, not drones? Um, like um, the the older one is uh, working on like some innovative robot arm that can kind of like sense. So it's um, built so like. When you're very old, um, that you that it can help you basically get off the toilet um, without uh, like if it malfunctions or so like breaking your arm or stuff like that. I saw I was perusing Twitter today and I saw a video of a team in Japan 
is working on building a, like a quasi tail for elderly people to help them with their balance, like when they're walking and like self corrects, it, it like mimics the towel of like a uh, a macaw monkey, not a macaw monkey, or like some some monkey, and just like is trying to help uh, the elderly with balance for like when they or the disabled too, like if they're about to fall over, it will like uh, balance for you, and it's crazy. Like, do you believe in, like, a cyborg future? Do you think we're going to become cyborgs? I actually just interviewed uh, Brian Bishop last weekend, um, and he got big into transhumanism, and I've never <laughs> been introduced to transhumanism, and it was this, all the, a lot of this stuff was new to me. But, like, to think the tech is getting there where we can, like, combine with this stuff is, is crazy. I mean, your brother's working on it, so. Yeah, I mean, like, that's inevitable. I mean, like, this already... We, we can already see that out there, right? Like there's these like suits that, that enhance your strength uh, for, for lifting up things for warehouse workers. Um, and like you get, um, uh, what's it, uh, heart rate monitors um, mm -hmm. and, and like hearing aids and stuff like that. And um, I, I, there's no reason why even if you cannot imagine it like you're probably just underestimating it like there will be something for for everything that that you need in your body that that can be replaced by by some kind of machine probably in the future yeah yeah it's like the one question i asked and they said it was brian had a friend on who who's huge transhumanist i thought we were going to turn into a transhumanism podcast <laughs> for the rest of rest of our tenure here but um now they were big on like it's inevitable and and we're gonna merge with machines. It's crazy to think. It's crazy to think how much our life or the world has changed during our lifetimes. I think we're yeah. about the same age. Um, yeah. And just like I remember when we got, as I've said this on this podcast many times, but I remember when we got caller ID at our house, and I thought that was fucking insane. I was like, yeah. oh my god, Aunt Lisa's calling <laughs> us. We can see it. But uh, like now we're like supercomputers in our pockets. Bitcoin exists. Like how how much more drastic of changes do you think we'll see in our lifetime like wow um i i i, I honestly the best answer i can give is that i've accepted that i that i cannot uh, i cannot <laughs> yeah I, I i cannot imagine it like this is uh like i just i just uh try to remind myself all the time that i'm probably if if i would think of something that is uh um, like what that future would look like in like 50 years or so, um, then I would probably totally underestimate it. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the only thing where I've, where I've looked into it deeper, where I've maybe like been too optimistic was self-driving cars. I mean, like to, to what's that? Self-driving cars. Oh, self-driving cars. Yeah. Yeah. So like there, I, I, I saw the, them almost like driving around like around this time when 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 we saw like uh, bigger leaps uh, in the past couple of years um that was a big that was a uh, when i was like early in my bitcoin career shilling it to to others that was one of my th i remember there was a huge post about self-driving cars and they're gonna like drive around uh with bitcoin wallets and like they're you're gonna own a self-driving car and then that would be able to uh while you're at work uh, or school go to work and like be like an uber like service where you send it around and it has a bitcoin wallet that accepts bitcoin payments and it's just like autonomous after you while you're at work and then when you're done work it'll come pick you up and give you a yeah. free ride home that was yeah. like how i'd pitch it so i'm like this is going to be here in like 10 years but <laughs> i don't think we're we're that close as yeah yeah but also what's i mean what what you also have to realize is like um 
what's even more exciting, I think, then is like how it's going to change the whole like our, our whole life. Then like not just that the car is driving by itself, but also that um, we probably won't even own a car anymore. I mean, that's that's not a new insight, um, but like then. Um, there just can be like one, let's just say Uber fleet or whatever um, that is driving everyone around and you just own a fraction of that. Um, not on the blockchain, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and you just use it whenever you need to. And then people also don't need to live in, in, in Manhattan anymore. They can live more outside because the, everything is going to Autonomous. be optimized and, yeah. and, 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 you know, people, people. Um, we'll move outside of the city and um well i hear steven tools bringing slocket back from the dead and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna bring uh this this car of the blockchain future to the future to us excuse me yeah that's what uh well, there's been a lot of talk about uh ethereum project in particular the last couple of days udi udi worth <laughs> that going must, hard at them. must be very entertaining when yeah it, it when is it very entertaining out. udi's very smart and very uh very witty as well um so go check yeah. out his profile if you're uh looking to to see the inconsistencies of ETH narrative get called out. It's interesting. Yeah, I met Udi actually at uh, Riga um, last year. Yeah, uh, that's where uh, I met him as well. I'm surprised we didn't... Did we meet officially last year? Riga? Uh, I don't think I so. Don't, I don't think so. Neither do I. Um, but I'm happy to meet you now. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> so let's start, dive more into like the summer. What have you learned about Bitcoin Core this summer? Like, What's been the most challenging thing for you? Um, um, probably um, most challenging thing overall was that I wasn't a professional C++ programmer <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I still am not but uh, I definitely have learned it's a lot of C++ also um, and uh, so have you have you worked with it at all in the past or yeah I mean like you know I, I've learned lots of different languages and at, at some point like you kind of adapt pretty quickly to just being able to skim the code. I mean, I'm not saying that, that it's super easy um, and just pick up C++ on the fly, but um, you've, you've seen kind of the different different uh, schemes and paradigms uh, at some point. And, and so um, you kind of can, can figure out, um, sometimes you look into the reference and, um, but uh, I definitely was struggling a bit in the beginning to, to kind of use my tools efficiently. Um, uh, but I kind of tackled that with building my own reference. Um, so especially debugging um, and how to debug Bitcoin. Um, that is aside from my project uh, that I'm working on, what you talked already, um, is the other thing that I'm pretty proud of um, that I've done over the summer is um, I've built basically a reference of how to um, lock and, and debug efficiently from uh, Bitcoin. So it's like a yeah, I would say a good um, starter reference for uh, people that want to get into Bitcoin but uh, haven't uh, haven't had much experience with C++ or um, in general with, with Bitcoin um, code base. Um, and so, yeah, actually I have given a presentation on that also um, at a meetup. Um, and I will also talk about that in uh, Tel Aviv at uh, Plus. So what, uh, what are the benefits of creating a debugger and a logger that help you learn like what do you, do you have to architect it in a certain way that just forces you to, to read through the code or um it's not really creating one it's just using them efficiently yeah. and so okay. it's uh, what what confused me in the beginning is um you have these different contexts in bitcoin of um, running your own bitcoin d or uh, running unit tests or um, running the functional tests 
um, and then you may want to log from within the test or you may want to log from within the C++ uh, or from the Bitcoin D. Um, and so then you have to use uh, different functions and uh, there are other things that you have to, that you have to pay attention to. Um, and so especially if you want to run uh, a functional test um, and have the function test basically drive the Bitcoin D instance to the point uh, where you uh, want to inspect it, um, that is kind of hard to then set a breakpoint in the Bitcoin uh, D instance um, and then be able to inspect it um, because you don't really have access to that Bitcoin D instance um, naturally. Um, so that's uh, like, that, that took me a while to figure out and of course I, I asked uh, several chain coders to, to describe it to me like three times or so. Um, but now I've written it down and, and um, yeah, several people have used it. So, um, I mean, I can briefly describe it. It's, it's actually not that hard, but um, you have to start the functional test. Um, you stop the functional test uh, with a PDB, um, just the, the Python debugger. Um, and then you have to find the PID of the Bitcoin D process that uh, is running in the background that the uh, function test has spun up. Um, and then you have to attach to that um, using a debugger like GDB or LLDB. Um, then you can set your breakpoint there um, and let that continue. Um, then you let the uh, PDB um, breakpoint that you've set before in the functional test continue and then the Bitcoin D instance is going to run into that breakpoint that you've set. Um, so it seems like you've memorized this process yes. to the back of your hand. Well, <laughs> I, I've, I found a presentation on it and uh, I, had, I, had, uh, I had all the slides drawn out and then uh, John Newbery had the idea that I give, uh, that I demonstrated live. Um, oh. And I, I had, I had, uh, I had it all perfectly, perfectly memorized. I had successful live demos five times before the actual presentation and then the actual presentation, of course, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it works. That's always the biggest joke at BitDevs is that, that's what you get when you do a live presentation or live demo. Yeah, but uh, then uh, I, I could still figure it out. But that's, that's um, yeah, that was the... Um, that was really great that I that I was talking about this topic because it was something that I th thought about so much, um, and now I'm I'm using it every day. Like I'm basically right now when I work on my project, I'm like really today I was probably 50% of the time I was just in the debugger stepping through the code, um, and uh, I think yeah that that's also why I wrote this stuff down because uh, it's a very effective way to learn because um, you you really when you're in the debugger and you can inspect the the uh, variables and and just try out calls um you um have a much different view than when you just read the code um and it, it's it's just a great way to 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 learn and understand everything and do you think uh being in the environment at chain code help bootstrap your knowledge quicker than than would have happened outside? absolutely it's an absolute game changer yeah um like yeah. How, how like what's again like What's the environment? Like that was my favorite part of the boot camps. Just you had people, like-minded people, f coming from different backgrounds with different expertise, and just being able to congregate in a corner. Like, yeah, walk me through this. And like for Bitcoin developers, I, I, I gotta imagine it's pretty like even more intense because there's so many uh, areas uh, on Bitcoin that that one individual can can be working on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so. First of all, it's amazing that there are that many people present that are that are serious contributors to Bitcoin. I mean, there are just not that many in in the world, basically, and uh, uh, they are all there. 
Um, and uh, yeah, what's 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 great is like you. I mean, you don't want to disturb them all the time, right? You don't want to tap on their shoulders all the time when they are focused. Um, but what we have done is um, we have office hours in the afternoon, um, so that's basically. One of them just gives like an hour of the time or so um, that they are uh, approachable and, and you can ask them anything anything you like. And uh, I definitely have used that and, and other people have too. Um, and then over lunch, um, you just have discussions uh, quite a bit. Um, and um, yeah, other things that we've done also is um, we are encouraged to, to, of course, review each other's code. Um, and John Newberry also does the uh, PR Review Club, um, uh, which is a great initiative. I also encourage uh, everyone uh, to, to participate in that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, almost everyone in the office is, is viewing that also. So PR Review Club, to, to anyone who doesn't know, is an IRC uh, meetup basically. Um, where uh, every every week one uh, PR on uh, Bitcoin Core is reviewed um, together and people can ask questions and uh, John directs the discussion a bit into um, uh, interesting uh, views on it and um, yeah. What's an IRC code review like? That's, I feel like it's got to be very thorough, number one, because you have to write everything out. Um, but like doing a code review over chat is, is fascinating to me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you can you can look at the logs. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought that it, that it works that well, but it it, it uh, works very well. I mean, like, uh, I think it it's uh, not so great if you're a very slow typer. Um, it encourages you to to change that. Um, <laughs> but uh, Brian Bishop giving lessons to everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brian Bishop coding uh, typing typing camp. That's, uh, that's <laughs> it's fast. I saw you guys. The pleasure of seeing me in action over the weekend it's very very impressive yeah. um ah what was i just gonna say i had something lined up to ask you um sorry jack my right see review oh yes this is what it was uh i forget who told me maybe it was brian bishop who told me i forget who told me exactly but apparently andrew chow's doing twitch uh, code reviews yeah, now yeah yeah over twitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty funny like uh so uh, I mean, he's uh, mostly uh, just complaining about uh, <laughs> um, big wallet guy, for, right? For, for getting to recompile, but uh, no, no, seriously, it's. I mean, it's great that he does that. Definitely, um, it's. Uh, but it's uh, what what would be even better, or like somebody just needs to do that is uh, like a, a compressed uh, view, like you know, the, with the NFL games, they take like four hours, but then there's like compressed uh, mm -hmm. games, like where they just throw the actual plays. Um, yeah, I mean, like for lots large parts of the time, he's just like you know copying code blocks and and running recompilation. Um, but uh, other than that, especially if you're into wallet code and uh, want to understand uh, hardware wallet HWI stuff uh, better, I think that's. Uh, and he's working on uh, pre-signed transactions too, right? Sorry, he's working on some with pre-signed transactions too, right? PSTB. Yeah, PSBT. Um, yeah, it's um, like it's that code um, and like. The, the stuff that I've seen that he has done was a very large uh, pull request that he has. Uh, and I think it was uh, 70 commits, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that crazy? <laughs> it's a typical... I mean, there's, there's no typical thing. I mean, I haven't really seen uh, the commits. I haven't reviewed it. Um, but something that, that you just know uh, as a de developer is just if, then if the... 
if there's like a huge number of commits, let's say more than 10, like just the number of people that are going to review it is, is just decreasing because it's just Too much. so huge. Yeah. That, that people are just probably they're saying like, I'm not going to do this today. I'm going to do it tomorrow or whatever. And, but that just keeps happening. Um, and so like for that uh, video, he was trying to get it down to like 30 or 40, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I mean the, um, pull requests that I've seen, for example, for uh, block filters or so, um, uh, which is something that was recently merged. Like there were like, there were three pull requests of um, seven to twelve commits or so. I mean that was already big, a bigger thing, right? That's a pretty 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 big feature um, that is coming into Bitcoin, and um, so. Like if you then put that into relation, that's just 70 commits in one PR. Um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And are they all like contingent on another? Like you have like a domino effect. Like if one messes up, it could mess up other commits. So you probably want to reduce your attack surface via the number of it commits as well. Is that correct? Am I correct in assuming that or? Uh, I'm not sure I've understand. Like yeah. is there a, for the 70 commits is like one, like do they need to happen in a certain order? Um, you mean like for one, the, one for, is so the CI doesn't like number it? 70 is contingent on number 69, which is contingent on number 68, um, for all of its work or they, would they all get, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, um, I, I haven't looked into it that deeply. So, yeah. um, yeah. Um, and I also, I, I haven't followed that, that video. I just, he, he had one four hour session and I just, I, I kept it on for, for some time in the background and it was, it was kind of entertaining. Now, I, now I remember who to, uh, who told us this? It was Rodolfo told us this. My bet is because he, he was paying attention because he's working on a hardware wallet. So, yeah. but that is a fascinating uh, idea, like code reviewed via Twitch. It's crazy how how many avenues through which you can you can yeah. learn. Like the IRC, like if you want to type it out, you can do that. I mean, obviously, it's only Andrew Chow doing it. I think Twitch also right Lisa Nygut uh, from Sea uh, Lightning was doing it. Um, I just I haven't seen recordings of that, but uh, I think she also did that. Yeah, no, it makes sense, right? Um, it's a great avenue. And so, what's your what's your favorite way to learn? Like hands-on video, visual learner, reading. Yeah, I'm um, definitely visual in the beginning. Um, I yeah, I'm have issues with keeping my focus on, 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 on text for a very long time. Um, but then also quickly jumping into just applying it, uh, yourself. And, but for that, it's also, um, important that it's a project that is kind of interesting and, and also good if I have like something that I can, that I can look at as like a guideline or so. Um, but I feel like that's, that's the best, um, way for me to learn. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm a very visual learner as well. I uh, I learned that in college. I used the Khan Academy a lot to uh, mm. to help teach myself economics um, and other resources. But um, yeah, so what uh, what's what's the next eleven days looking like for you? Like you have or twelve days or eleven days? It's March twentieth. So yeah, eleven yeah. days left of the residency. Or was is it the residency or the boot camp? I'm getting confused. It's a residency. It's a residency, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the residency. Um, what are you, are you like sprinting right now? Um, trying to get everything in or is this, is it yeah. something like you're just going to get it to a certain point and then keep working on it after? Yeah, definitely going to keep working on it after. Um, so the expectations um, for, I think, most of us are not that 
or we were weeks ago that we it wouldn't wasn't going to get in, uh, but rather that we maybe could open a PR or um, get feedback at least on on something that could become a PR soon, um, and so that that's what it looks like for me right now. So um, I'm really trying in this week to get uh, something ready that is that that can get through the first PRs. Um, uh, for, the, for the first reviews um, and also I'm probably going to make a gist that is going to describe um, just broadly what I've done, um, the different approaches that I looked at and um, hopefully also some benchmarks which I still have to do um, and then I'm going to propose that to a Bitcoin developers uh, meetup um, that is also on IRC um, and uh, yeah try to get some feedback um, so that so far this is the the, the best idea that I have to um, yeah get it out there get feedback from 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 the people where, where I need um, to get some involvement in order to actually get it into the code base um, I mean it's something that 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 you just need to think about um, if you yeah if you have something that was already proposed once by SIPA and then people didn't really pay much attention to it and then now you <laughs> come as somebody <laughs> pretty new and uh, yeah so um, I kind of have to play it a bit strategically yeah and if you play it strategically and all goes well and the PR does get merged what does this mean for Bitcoin like what what are uh, devs working on or users using it going to be able to leverage. Well, definitely the the uh, get TX outside info call is going to be much quicker. Mm -hmm. um, that potentially can be used then for um, definitely fast BTC pay server, um, which may or may not be obsolete when uh, g um, assume UTXO comes around. But um, still, um, the uh, get TX outside info hash um, can be used uh, for for other quick checks of uh, comparing the UTXO set. Um, and that can even be potentially be done then um, through the peer-to-peer -peer layer um, because it's not going to be a, a DOS vector anymore because it's just uh, a value that is that is cached. Um, and um, so, yeah, there, there potentially can be more use cases on it that I haven't thought about yet. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something that um, where, where I can see other people using it where I just haven't had any, any idea about it. It's so fascinating, like little things like this RPC call could consume like your summer and, but it all contributes to the bigger thing. So like if you were to be successful in this endeavor, if even unsuccessful or, or unsuccessful after a certain period of time where the PR just sits there, what, what else uh, would you want to work on at on core or lightning network? What, what do you want to build? Um, it's hard to say, like I don't, or I mean, I have I have things that I find more interesting than other things, but uh, I also look at the code base, especially of of core, and I still see a lot of things that that can be um, improved, um, even if they're just smaller things. Um, but uh, when when I you know I've I've been a freelancer for a couple of years, and I have seen lots of different code bases from lots of different startups, um, and I always approach that with kind of like a um, how do you say uh, um, the uh, mentality where you leave it better than you than you found it? Um, Boy Scout mentality. What's what's that? Uh, Boy Scout rule. The Boy Scout. Boy Scout rule. Boy Scout rule. Yes, that is Boy Scout yeah. rule. Yeah. Eagle yeah. Scout rule. Yeah. Okay. Eagle <laughs> Scout. Boy Scout. Yeah. 
yeah um so um and uh, yeah just just smaller things like I'm, i i don't have to work on on a huge feature right now unless like I, I something jumps at me and and i say that's right like i i see that that's necessary and i'm the right person to work on it then then i'm going to do that um but uh, otherwise i um, can also see myself just improving helping improve the test coverage um um, helping with with uh, separation of processes, uh, which is which is a huge project that is being worked on. Um, just refactorings, uh, fixing smaller bugs. Um, so um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just uh, happy to improve it, make make Bitcoin more stable um, and and uh, yeah, usable for everyone, and don't need to work on a huge feature. Well, thank you, thank you for for helping out Bitcoin and working on it. It's uh it's crazy. Like what, like that's what blows my mind, especially the developers contributing to core. Like there's nobody there to pay you. Obviously chain codes brought you in this summer, but after the residency, like you're sort of on your own and yet you're going to have to, to make money. Like how do you plan on like having a full-time job and work on Bitcoin on the side? Or are you going to try to go full-time? Uh, I, I definitely get a full-time job working on Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I mean like, that would be great, um, of course. Uh, w would be awesome to get paid to to work on Bitcoin on, on open source stuff. Um, but uh, I mean, I I I don't have that lined up yet. So um, I mean, I'm I'm looking into that, uh, into the possibilities, and and Chaincode is also helping with that. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know yet. Um, I only know that I'm going to keep working on Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, the Chaincode model seems to work. I mean, it does a great job of finding talented devs and then uh nurturing them if you will and like how like do you see that uh, across your classmates as well like people have grown a lot this summer and and developed as as developers and understand and their understanding of bitcoin has developed as well yeah definitely i mean um i i was already very impressed on the first day when i met all these guys they are they're they were already impressive at that point um, uh, some of them already had contributed to to open source projects, um, and and others just had very deep knowledge. Um, so yeah, they're very impressive. Um, but uh, I think what what everyone definitely um, profited from a lot was just the access to um, the Chainco team, um, and yeah, getting full time um, full time commitment to work on on Bitcoin and or whatever other projects they chose. Um, and uh, I think that made everyone much more comfortable um, in, in working in that environment and, and yeah. Yeah. No, I had the pleasure of sitting down with James Chang last week and yeah. what he's working on, Taproot, for like a test net for Taproot basically is really cool. <laughs> and uh, what, is, what is like the coolest thing outside of what you're working on that, that, that you see being built um, at the residency or worked on? Mm, I'm not really sure. I, I have to say I don't have so deep insights into what they what they actually uh, build, and not for everyone. So that's why I there, there's there's some bias there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't have a big insight into into what everyone's doing. Um, uh, like somebody definitely I have to highlight is uh, a person that uh, likes to value his privacy, but he goes by Ariad um, on, on GitHub. Um, and he's kind of um, 
contributing to to Rust projects, but also Bitcoin Core, um, and and um, yeah, is is uh, has has a huge output there and is very productive and and uh, is achieving a lot. Um, and uh, somebody else uh, where I have some uh, deeper insight um, is Richard Myers, um, and he's working on um, L2 um, uh, demo basically. Yeah, Lab 49. Yeah, like Lot 49 is uh, the, the, the project that he's working on before, like the concept. <laughs> um, and for the residency, he's building like a L2 uh, demo, basically. Yeah. So his, the, Lot 49 builds on L2, but L2 is not there yet. Um, so he is basically building like an L2 demo. Uh, yeah. L2 no. so far was, was just a paper and he's putting it into code. Yeah, no, L2, E-L-T-O-O. We actually had Richard on a few weeks ago to talk about that. He was... Now he he's another one who who did the residency and seems invigorated almost, right? But he said it was daunting, right? Or not daunting, but like tiring. Like it's long days, you're a lot of pressure, you're you're with a a group of very talented individuals and um yeah, no, it just seems like a great environment. Um so I'm happy for you. I'm pumped. Because uh, again, I remember the, the smiles on your guys' faces like the first time <laughs> you guys came to town and to see that that summer's been been worthwhile is, uh I'm pumped for you guys. What's yeah, we we just like I, I mean when uh when I get stuck on a, on an issue for half a day or so, you know, it's like I I I sometimes also feel stressed, uh you know, because I want to get progress and it's just two weeks left. Um but on the other hand, um you know, we just have to remind ourselves how privileged we are to to have the summer and have access to the resources and and sit in this awesome office and um yeah then then you know we we uh have reason to smile again How have you been like in new york city outside of uh outside of the residency uh great i have to say it's not my first time in new york so um i didn't really do that much um touristy things um but yeah still still enjoying it uh, great to to live here and um yeah experience that part of it i think it, it just feels different when you when you live for an extensive time and uh um, not just a tourist uh, looking at museums or whatever. Yeah, once you get met used to like the the smelly hot summer days, <laughs> become a real New Yorker. Have the uh, the rats scared you at all? You got any rat problems? No, I mean we also have rats in in Berlin, so it's yeah. uh, it's not that not that different. We need to find a chain code in Berlin. That's what we. That's what like I'm happy to see like Square Crypto come. Like, obviously, chain code Blockstream before it. Like, do you do you think it is imperative for Bitcoin's long-term success? To, not imperative, but beneficial for Bitcoin's long-term success for more and more of these initiatives to pop up. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I, w I mean, yes, definitely, but uh, it doesn't have to be Berlin necessarily. Um, I think trend overall, but also in Bitcoin development, is like people work remote, um, and uh, so. Lots of people that contribute a lot, um, I think, or that, that could be potential very good contributors, um, still have issues to, to make it somewhere. Um, there were also issues with some people that would be uh, would have been participants in residency that had issues with uh, r um, the visa. Um, so, um, I mean, maybe sim setting something up that is remote um, can help people too. I mean, there's, there's definitely huge benefits to getting everyone in the same place and kind of get this... Um, get this squad mentality, um, mm -hmm. 
but uh, yeah it's it's just harder if you have a family or so not not everyone can 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 do that and yeah. um yeah. luke dash jr is being supported now by like a a crowd fund out of out of china i believe is that is that correct i th think carl dong was telling me about that um i actually don't know who he's supported by i just heard that that he's supported by someone but um, yeah. i don't really know um and i think that's the case i think it's a bunch of like uh well-off bitcoiners and China and East Asia that, that had a telegram group. I think Dovey One was a part of it too. Um, it, it just makes huge sense for anyone who has a lot of Bitcoin to, to support a core contributor. It's, uh, it's just, you're incentivized to do so. Investment. Right. <laughs> and you're not securing, you're number one, securing number two, making it a bigger, a, a better investment. Uh, yeah. Um, so I guess that's a good, a good segue question is like what worries you about bitcoin like what uh is there anything uh you find is 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 pressing and worrying a, a, from a from an engineering perspective that that would maybe hinder bitcoin's long-term success mm, not really i mean i think bitcoin is is in a pretty good place right now um i mean there can always be things improved of course um but uh, nothing really comes to mind right now that is like absolutely necessary. I mean, we, we are talking a lot about uh, uh, Taproot and, and stuff like that. This is um, not something that, is that, that we really need necessarily, you know, like Bitcoin, Bitcoin is working fine without it right now. Um, so I think that shows that we don't have like a, like a huge thing that we need to fix um, sort of like like segwit did yeah it's very comforting to hear no and that's um now at the conference over the weekend too at bitblock boom um mike schmidt gave a great presentation on taproot and schnorr and it would be so cool the things that it would enable if it was implemented but like you said it's not not imperative but it would be pretty dope if we could get definitely, it definitely definitely yeah. yeah but uh, yeah it's i mean on the other hand, we, we still have time, right? Like, I'm, I would be the first one to, to see these things in, in Bitcoin this year. But, uh, I mean, on the other hand... I'm going to put the pressure on you right now. Okay. Fabian. I'll do it. Um, for BIP Taproot, how do we get it, uh, how do we get it merged? What is the... Uh, uh, two, two weeks, typical. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you propose as a signaling method or a soft fork agreement to get that implemented? Because that's like the big question right now. I was like, this proposal, SIPA proposed it what, like a month, two months ago now, or maybe even three months ago now at this point. Um, and it seems like everybody's like, yeah, we want Shinori, we want Taproot, uh, and all that other stuff that's in there. But it's like, how? How do you get uh, a signaling mechanism to to uh, get the network to vote on whether, not vote, but to reach consensus on whether or not it should be implemented? Wow, I think I think I have to pass on that because I really <laughs> haven't thought about that much. <laughs> It's really, um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult question, and I, I just really haven't haven't thought about it a lot. No, and it's also a, it's a hard question to answer after Segwit, right? Because it was a very messy, messy um, signaling process, and obviously getting it passed. Or you had Segwit two X. Yeah. What what do we have? So we have BIP nine, which was the the BIP used to for miners to signal, which is version bits, basically binary option. Yeah, they single one way or the other, but you found like Wang Chung from F2 pool was messing with the version bits and mm. was basically messing with the signaling. And on top of that, you had all different bips from 
BIP 91, BIP 148, BIP 149, BIP 90, which are all part yeah. of it. And it was all a mess trying to get SegWit uh, merged and implemented. Um, so, like, I think there's a lot of battle scars still from, from that. And I think that's why I asked you, because that's <laughs> like, I've asked John Newberry before, and uh, BitDevs, um, that's, that's been asked before, too. And it's sort of a question nobody wants to even approach right now. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to be the one to... Yeah. to 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 recommend how we how we signal this which is which is fascinating right yeah i mean like comparing to segwit um so far i'm i'm also i think there's not really or i, I don't tend to see like groups forming that are that are really fighting over it um but that might still develop i mean like on like what what i said before i think bitcoin is in kind of a good place right now and so if it ain't we, broke, don't fix it type mentality. Yeah, if we if we don't need to if we if we don't really need it, like we don't have. I mean, use cases are cool, but we don't really need them. So um, if you if you have a lot of Bitcoin and uh, you don't want them to go away, um, it is kind of rational to say you don't want to introduce any big changes unless they either like triple your money or. Um, well, yeah. what about privacy? So I think like Shinor. That's why I think Shinor and Taproot. I would put them more leaning towards uh, not good to haves, but probably need to haves because of the privacy issue. Like I think P to EP would be huge if you could just have every transaction be pay to endpoint, basically every transaction be a coin join. And it would really obscure the chain analysis companies and their, their ability to track transactions throughout the chain. So that is my, and this is my personal belief. I don't, and I am adult. Hmm. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I am adult, um, but it would seem to me that once you have uh, very strong, plausible deniability and privacy assurances uh, at the protocol le level enabled by Schnorr and Taproot, um, then we can sort of hit escape velocity and be like, there's no way uh, you can throttle this. But yeah. you could also have you can also have the 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 chain stay as it is in perpetuity and have your transactions somewhat known at the protocol level and then gain obscurity on levels like lightning network and stuff like that. But I think, yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, unfortunately, um, unfortunately from, from our perspective, um, I think there are also quite a few players that, that have possession of a lot of Bitcoin that don't really care about privacy. Right. And yeah. so, I mean like every exchange that does KYC doesn't care about privacy improvements. Um, so yeah, so that's it's a very good point and they have a lot of the bitcoin yeah yeah and so that's um something that yeah we have to keep in mind like that's that's potentially where where conflict com could come from well, that's where it came from last time i don't right? want to be the one to, to start it now <laughs> <laughs> fabi let's come on just do it pull okay. the trigger okay the just, war is uh, on <laughs> <laughs> just send it the, the, the privacy was <laughs> Uh, privacy I mean, was. that's there's going to be. I mean, I've been saying this for a year. That's going to be the next big battle. It's just when's it going to start? That's the question. Because again, that's actually a very good point. I haven't thought of like the exchange is trying to hold it up because maybe they won't quote unquote be compliant uh, at that point in their eyes. Hmm. Um, but again, they they only have so many full nodes, right? It could also be just somebody like. Again, I don't want to be the one who uh, <laughs> uh, now uh, encourages someone to do that. But I mean, like, Shallon Fry. 
well, just like see it as an opportunity to just do a fork. Like even if you don't believe in it, um, you could just do a, a fork that doesn't do it, and and just uh, I mean it's gonna have some value, and, yeah. and like you you probably can make some money from it. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, and it, of course it's not hard to do. I bet that'll be Recreaton. Um, who, who does Recreaton? Um, Bitcoin privacy and and that whole. He was a he was a serial forker for for gain. Uh, Bitcoin Private was the <laughs> was the big one that he he forked off and didn't know there was an inflation bug. And I think they printed like two million more Bitcoin than they should have. Um, ah, that was uh, <laughs> that was an interesting time in Bitcoin <laughs> when all those when like all the Bitcoin forks were yeah. were were hot. Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Private, Bitcoin Cash. Obviously, it's interesting to see where they've add up. Did you see Bitcoin or excuse me the at Bitcoin? handle on Twitter started deleting all their Bcash support. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I don't follow that. Yeah, you're not big on Twitter. That was actually, so if you freaks out there, I had a lot of the research well. I do is based off of tweets and Twitter, and you only have a hundred, <laughs> you only have 116 yeah. tweets, so it was, uh, it was I, like your GitHub and that, and, and the conversation that we had in the beginning of the summer that I, that I had to go off. Yeah, I mean, but but I think it's going well. So it's going um, great, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like it's uh, I, like forks. Uh, it's it's crazy when people just tell me that these people actually exist. Like um, I, I I still have a hard time believing that. Like the the only thing I can go off is like when I when I go on Meetup and I search for for Bitcoin Meetup on on the page. Like there's there's a Bcash Meetup where um, 100 people are members of that of that uh, group. And then the other thing was uh, that uh, I found kind of amusing was that uh, right in front of my house, there's a supermarket in Berlin. Um, and in front of that, that supermarket, there are a couple of, of, of steel pillars. Um, and just one day, there were just all of these steel pillars were full of Bcash stickers. <laughs> and, and I was like... Did they did they find me or something like this? <laughs> I got really paranoid. <laughs> the cashers are taunting you at work. Really, I mean, like you, there was like in total like eight cash stickers. So what what would you say if like on on the street down here there would be like eight cash stickers like right in front of your entrance door, like on 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 every on every corner? I'd move. I'd move out. There's <laughs> too many bad neighbors. You can't trust them at that point. Yeah, too many B cashers. <laughs> That's what I'm actually looking to see. I would love to see a mining like a like a 51% attack. I said it. Whatever. Like I <laughs> like the stuff's possible. Like a proof of work. Like that's that's the next thing I'm interested to see if uh, if, if pools or uh, dark pools start start attacking chains. Uh, just because because you look at it, like that's the crazy thing about Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV in particular. And even though a lot of their proponents are extremely loud, if you look at the hash rate, Bitcoin has 97% of the SHA-256 hash rate, and those two are fighting for the last three. And you only need, what, like 5 to 6% of current Bitcoin hash rate to, to completely school yeah. both those chains. And that's actually something that surprised me 10 years in, is that 51% uh, attacks by dominant chains who are... Dominant, uh, yeah, dominant chains has not been, uh, not been uh, executed at all. Do you do you see uh, proof of work war warfare heating up in the future? Hmm, I don't really know. I mean, like it would 
like it's actually surprising that there are not more attacks i think um i right we we've like that has been one of the one of the topics um of uh, our residency of um um presentations that we've had in 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 this ramp up phase but also um now later on and and there's going to be some interesting new research also going to be um released soon um but um i yeah like I said, it's it's actually surprising that there's not more more going on. I mean, like so many people just want to see the world burn, and that's uh, yeah, it's, it's actually weird that there's not more going on, sort of. Right? Are you allowed to uh, uh, give us a sneak peek of the research that's going to come out? Or uh, I don't really know if I'm if I'm allowed to. It's okay. a private presentation, so. Um, All right, I'm not going to force you to do that then. Um, um, but yeah, it's also going to be interesting. Like right now, obviously the market has gone gone down for a long time. Now it has gone up, um, and uh, also from macroeconomic perspective, right now the markets are like it feels like also for a long time. Um, Germany in particular, man. <laughs> Deutsche Bank at all time lows, and all your treasury yields negative right now, which is so weird. Well, Although you can. You can uh, you can give me your money and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give you back less in ten years. Yeah? Uh, I mean, I'm German, so it's. Uh, Do you want a hundred dollars now or me. ninety cents later? <laughs> it's no, it is. I mean, it's coming from tr traditional markets. It is scary where it is right now, and that's actually something that worries me. Like with Bitcoin in particular as a safe haven. Like, do you think it's ready to to be an escape boat for if there is like a an economic downturn and there is a lot of people trying to uh come onto the network like how do we how do we onboard not even a billion people like even if it's the next hundred million people because we saw in 2017 when the price was going crazy then like the exchanges were, were going down obviously fees went up mm. that's not fees going up is not necessarily a bad thing but blocks started slowing down a little bit because there was a lot of congestion obviously segwit proliferating since then has helped and um other things have helped since then become more efficient but like do you think we're we're ready to scale to like 100 million people, 200 million people, and if so, how? Like, do you think more people will be onboarded via Lightning or uh, the protocol layer? Um, uh, also, one of the questions that I don't concern myself with that much because <laughs> let, let, let's not kid ourselves. Like, if if 100 million people come into Bitcoin, uh, 95 of them at least are going to be on exchanges and. Um, it's just going to be depending on the how how efficient these exchanges then then handle um, what they what they actually um, put on the blockchain. Yeah. Um, and like since we since we had um, these huge congestions in 2017, I feel like it hasn't has gone a lot better. Um, and also, obviously, um, to to shield something else from from uh, chain code, uh, Optech also is contributing yes. by by educating uh, exchanges um, about how to improve even more. Um, so. Yeah, it's. I mean, of course, we we can see we can see um, full mempools, um, high fees again. Um, but um, if, as you say, lots of people try to use Bitcoin as a as a safe haven, um, I think that doesn't mean that a lot of people will spin up full nodes um, because mm -hmm. that's not what these people are looking for. Um, they are just looking for a store of value. Um, but exposure to it, they don't need yeah, to hold yeah, it. Yeah, so um, especially if, if like the, the markets are going to crash and actually Bitcoin turns out to be the, the asset that they, that they, that they go to, um, I think it wouldn't really have that much of an impact um, in terms of like the, the number of full nodes that are being run and, and 
um, the number of transactions that, that get into the block. Um, I mean, it's it's also unfortunate uh, for as, as somebody who's running a full node and, and would like to see more people doing that. But um, yeah, that's the reality, I think. Very, uh, very honest of you. Like, I think, no, everybody, w like, I'd like to envision people running their own full nodes too, and it actually might work out in our favor where people just gain access via the exchanges and yes, hopefully Optech has done an incredible job of educating and, and making people aware of batching, uh, using back 32 trend or addresses and, and being as efficient as possible, um, when transacting on the blockchain. But maybe that could also work in our favor where people aren't comfortable running their own full nodes and maybe over time they come to realize that's what I think happens. Like it's an education process. Like yeah. no one's ever yeah. had to take self sovereignty of their financials before. Um, in custody since like we were on a gold standard but even when we were on a gold standard like it was in exchanges or or banks and um i think bitcoin sort of incentivizes people to learn uh and and take extreme ownership over their being so that c people can get it on exchanges and then slowly but surely move it yeah. to their own private keys which which yeah maybe that's maybe that's the way you you onboard the next hundred million people slowly one step at a time stepping stones yeah, you need like typical marketing thing. You need lots of different touch points, sort of. And my, my first touch point was somebody sending me an email because it went up 10x. Um, then my next touch point was thinking about it in terms of uh, startup ideas. And then uh, at some point, uh, I, I understood what it's really about. Um, and so, yeah, like people will will see it as as uh, maybe just a way to to um, conserve their wealth uh, for some time through proxy of, of some company. Um, but then maybe when the economy goes down and, and like states where they are, um, they, they fear some scrutiny or they are not sure that uh, the funds are going to be safe at uh, the exchange that they have chosen, um, then they are going to look at hardware wallets or, or whatever um, is going to be around at the time um, as, a, as, a way to, as a way to save um, the, the funds uh, in, in a safe way that, that is convenient for them. Um, and uh, I think then they are going to own their own keys eventually. I'd agree. Um, yeah, the world had learned to clean itself. When we got fresh plumbing, we had to learn how to wipe our butts, take showers, <laughs> brush our teeth. <laughs> It'll take time to learn how to, to take custody of your private keys and do sort of data sanitation, if you will. Um, now it's, uh, what was I going to say? The second time I've, I've lost my train of thought here. Um, Taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking like into the future. Like, so let's get cosmic here. Like, do you, do you see Bitcoin taking us to space? I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been reading a. I've been reading a first. I've been. I proofed and proofed. I've read over a, a draft of a good friend of the podcast, Drew Brunsalls, writing writing a piece about Bitcoin in space, and he seems to think uh, that Bitcoin finally creates the incentive for us to go to space and explore space. Um, <laughs> do you agree with that? Uh, I think I've already said like five times or so that uh, I, I don't concern myself uh, with uh, things that are <laughs> too far away. Um, yeah, and and space is pretty far away. Yeah. So I'm a romantic. I like to I like to daydream. I'm sorry for for trying to force you to to. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, we're almost like an hour and twenty minutes in here. Like, what uh, is there anything like 
that we didn't touch on that you'd like to touch on before we anything any messages you want to want to impart um I mean, we. Um, I, I thought you wanted to talk maybe a little about lightning. Um, we can do that. Um, yeah, I can. Uh, like, what is the state? Yeah, what is what are your, what are your current thoughts on lightning? Like, we just got watchtowers added, an L and D. Um, uh, after speaking to the Noddle guys uh, a couple months ago, uh, Michael in particular seems to think like channel routing like isn't isn't ideal right now. Like, what? After building on it, you've built on it a bunch. Like, hmm. like let's start there. So you you work with Renee Picard on, um, <laughs> that's the one tweet I found. Is you interacted with Renee in a in a thread about like bar seventy seven, um, room seventy seven, room seventy seven. That's uh, room seventy seven, room seventy seven. That's the the Bitcoin bar in Berlin, correct? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what's the vibe like there? Yeah, it's it's awesome there. I love it. Um, I mean, that's that's where the the monthly Bitcoin meetup is happening, um, and uh, yeah, anyone who is uh, visiting Berlin and into Bitcoin definitely has to has to stop by there. Um, I I don't I don't even remember when they started accepting Bitcoin as payment, but it was probably like 2011 or so. Um, so they are um, they are as as OG as as it can get. Um, I, I think at some point, like somebody said, also they are the first bar to actually like um, accept Bitcoin on a regular basis. I mean, like the, they didn't sell the pizza, but uh, I mean that was a one-time thing. Um, but they they have been around for for a very long time. Um, and yeah, it's a great place. Um, you probably don't even have to be there for the meetup. You, um, if you just if you just sit at a couch and, and ask someone at, at any given night if they are into Bitcoin, uh, <laughs> then you'll probably find someone in a bar. Yeah. So what part of Berlin is this bar in? Uh, Kreuzberg. Kreuzberg, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, you just uh, you, it's easy to find. So you worked on something on Lightning to help create like an invoicing system for them. It was like. Um, I mean, this particular was uh, that you're referencing is a, was a hack day project. Um, that was Renee's idea, um, and uh, the um, there was a system that had just come out. I'm, I'm just blanking on the name now, but it was built. There was just a UI project on top of uh, C Lightning um, that um, you could also run a container, and he basically wanted to build a system with that where you could offer that as a service, ba just a custodial lightning service, basically. Um, I mean, this is this is uh, almost a year ago now, or, or one year ago, so there, there were not really that many apps out there. Um, and so, um, yeah, we just spun that up um, over over these one and a half days and I mean like it, it wasn't a huge project we we also attended some presentation Renee even gave a presentation at the, the lightning hack day there um, but uh, at the end of it um, uh, yeah room 77 was using it to uh, receive payments uh, with uh, lightning and uh, yeah it was the first uh, I guess we haven't heard of anyone else uh, accepting a mainnet uh, uh, payment, lightning payment uh, for a beer um, prior to that. Um, so that actually room 77 had been the place also where Lalu had uh, um, demoed uh, lightning also, but there was testnet. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, but they are taking that further and further. I've seen now on Twitter um, just just one or two days ago that um, at the at the last um, uh, meetup they have demoed uh, like a hardware version um, so it's based on the m5 stack um, if you've heard of that it's like a yeah it's like a stackable 
um, uh, hardware set uh, that is based on ESP32, um, where you can have like a small display and like some buttons, um, and uh, they basically can generate an invoice on that. It's connected to uh, to a, a Lightning node, and they're using that now to accept payments. Oh, nice! There's like there's a video on Twitter. It's uh, pretty that's cool. That's not what Mortiz is working on, is it? Sorry, is that that's not what that guy Mortiz is working on, is it? No, uh, he's I working on like a, a hardware wallet slash Lightning node, I believe. Um, no, I mean there's there's uh, the the guy who I know is a BTC socialist. Um, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well he's he's from london but he's in uh, berlin quite frequently um and he likes to hack on hardware stuff and uh, he collaborates also with fomo guys on 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 events and and on uh, hacking on hardware um and i think definitely he was involved in that like he has a couple of youtube videos um on that um on on how to build um hardware projects with um with lightning definitely something worth checking out um and um the um yeah they they just just taking that further and further and um, also i want to give a shout out now to to these guys they're going to um the um uh, hacker congress uh, camp right now um around berlin um and demoing some of the stuff i mean when when the, this episode is coming out it's probably o already over but um yeah they they are demoing the stuff live there for um the um ccc camp interesting Shout out to you guys! Thanks for working on. When, they, when is that? When is that over? Um, it's I don't know. It's uh, but it's over before the end of August, like twenty uh, fifth or so. Um, uh, this will be out before then. Okay, we can or, speed it wait, up. No, twenty first is like two days. So this will be out next week. Twenty fifth. Oh, twenty fifth. It'll be Maybe. a few days after. A few yeah. days after. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very proud. They took uh, like I built a lightning vending machine. Uh, which is like just a wooden box uh, with some uh, something that can spit something out basically and uh, it was like my, uh, yeah pr probably the coolest project I've built with lightning um, and uh, yeah they, they're taking that with them and, and demoing that there so um, yeah that's no thank them that's fucking huge congrats <laughs> man people building on your work how's that yeah. feel it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's, uh, I was very proud that they like. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't at home anymore. But they uh, they picked it up and uh, yeah, taking it with them. Um, I mean, I didn't. I didn't have to beg them for it. They 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 really uh, wanted to take it with them and and show it off. Um, there's also um, guys there that have built awesome stuff like uh, uh, e-bike that you can rent with Lightning and uh, e-scooter that you can rent with Lightning. Um, and so um, the original Slockic dream. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's really that. Yeah, this. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, and this is what a lot of people were saying back during the Slocket and ICO boom was just wait, like Bitcoin's going to enable these use cases on different layers and microtransactions are able to, to enable stuff like renting a scooter and stuff like that. Now it just took some time. Like what excites you most about lightning from a use case perspective, like uh, streaming transactions, microtransactions, just the the ability to transact a little bit more privately and for less fees um mm. what in particular excites you um i've i've thought about it quite a bit and um so i mean the that was the reason also why i built a vending machine was really that um i like that use case in particular as something that uh, is very 
like very easily comes to mind when you think of what you pay for with money, but it was just not possible with Bitcoin on-chain before. Um, even if you like are at room 77 and you and you want to pay, like you you have some time and you know if you if you know that you, um, I mean mostly they 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 trust the people that they know, but they're gonna go zero comp for you. <laughs> 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 um, I, I yeah, if if they know you, they they will do that, but. Um, you can you can wait like like 10 20 minutes um, and you know after one two confirmations um, unless you've drunk the whole bar um they will definitely let you go and and you you can do that that's still practical but like a vending machine um if you're running to the train and um, i'm doing that a lot like you uh, and you want to just grab a, a can of coke or whatever on the way like it needs to go quickly or if you're at the checkout um uh, and uh, you know there's a line behind you you know this is like every second counts and so um, I really wanted to I wanted to just build something that that um, builds on that use case so um, yeah that's why um, I've actually built a, a vending machine um, like several things of like streaming money and so on um, I've thought about them a lot but um, I um, don't think they're super practical um, so there's a paper by Nick Zabo um, that's come out a long time ago I don't know, 2011, 2012, um, on uh, the uh, mental mental load. Uh, the yeah, the uh, the the mental cost. Yeah, mental cost of S like stream, like paying for video uh, streaming, for example, by the second. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm a huge believer in that. Like it's even if you would enable that, um, I don't, I just don't see it being used in in the wild that much. Like you have Netflix, and people are even if they don't use it for a month or for three months, like they they are happy to just pay one fixed fee and 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 not have to think about it again if, when they want to turn it on. Um, but then if you if you watch a shitty movie and, and you know, it's, you, am I going to watch finishing it and it's going to cost me 15 cents or do I turn it off now? It's it's just not a situation that people want to be in. No, I agree. That's a, uh, that's a very good point. Like too many, too many mental costs uh, is a bad user experience at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mental accounting. Yes. Yeah. Mental accounting. Yeah. Um, no, and that's like what blows my mind about like the ERC twenty world, like especially like with like MakerDAO and Dai and like all these obscure DeFi projects. Like the mental cost of going into thinking about everything you need to take into consideration uh, with these projects in particular is like no, like, and that's my favorite thing to do when thinking about the future of Bitcoin, the future of all this stuff. Is like we are in our bubble where we meet and speak with mainly people who are interested in Bitcoin and that's where we spend a lot of our time and a lot of our focus and this is very apparent and like obviously not excuse me not um not like a hidden secret to anybody we're in a bubble like we're, we're very interested in this niche nation yep. technology and so like when I'm on the street and like that's I like to have a lot of walking conversations with Bitcoiners and use it when particularly when the the uh topic of usability comes up i'm like look at all these people on the street do you think they're like they don't they, if they know about bitcoin it's just because they've heard about it on the news and and like do you think like all these people are gonna and, and picking on DeFi in particular like adopt DeFi and start using ethereum as collateral for die with other assets they can add to it but they also have to think of the price of ethereum at any given point in time and whether their their loans collateralized enough or not, like no, that's too many mental accounting yeah. uh, decisions that come into to yeah. individuals' uh, everyday lives. 
yeah i mean like you can also make the argument that there are going to be layers built on top of that as well just like are going to be with bitcoin i mean all of these people are probably also not gonna choose their own fees and stuff like that um but uh, yeah it's um i i just i looked at this uh, for for quite a while and just didn't really see uh, use cases that made sense to me and um i mean let's say uh, wikileaks or so, so yeah that, that could be a df okay yeah, i understand that yeah. but there's just not that many wikileaks um so um yeah there's just not that many people that have or or, or companies or whatever that have really a use case that requires a decentralized the, application or the sat like nodes proving to be a good wikileaks if you wanted to do it too right the, the what the, the have you been following the uh blockstream satellite like you ah, can yeah. send messages from lightning yeah, <laughs> should we send? Should we send a message right now? <laughs> like this is like the new wiki. Like you don't even need. Let me find it. You don't even need a like a DAP to do this. You can just use Bitcoin, the Lightning Network in particular. Um, let me find. I got a signal might beep down here. This is when you. This is when you do demos live. You don't have <laughs> Wi-Fi. Right, let me find. Let me find this. What is it? Come on. Let's see a lot of. There it is. LNTX bot. So. App Satellite 50. Have you never seen this? No. App. I am uh, for you freaks at home. I am using the sat node. What, what, what should our message say? So I'm using this, this telegram bot to make an app call call to the satellite i'm going to pay 50 satoshis and now our message what should we say hey from tftc with fabian yeah uh to a uh, to ccc camp what was that to uh, ccc camp what is your what is your handle at what uh, f j h j a h r to ccc capital c's camp all right so boom sent nice live demos boom <laughs> sent then we'll go over to twitter we'll see if it picked it up yet so this is uh yeah so for you freaks at home that are just listening to me uh demo this to fabi fabian we're um we're sending a message to the sat node you'll be able to find this in retrospect maybe you're seeing it right now and yeah boom. i see it but it's not, I mean, we know that I sent it, but like the idea is that you don't know who sent it and it's just yeah. a random message sent <laughs> to the satellite. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's like a, a decentralized WikiLeaks. You don't even need a DF for that, right? You yeah. just need yeah. Telegram and the Lightning Network and the satellite. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like this is, uh, again, like we were, we were touching on in the beginning of the episode. Like I don't feel like people grasp the gravity of this technology. Like it's, it's yeah. a pretty big change in the, in the way that people people are going to view money and then actually like freedom in the digital age. Yeah. Do you realize that as somebody building on this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone who's who's building something on it is 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 kind of building on that, right? Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh, you still have to remind yourself every time uh, you think about it that that that's how big it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Um, yeah, 
I feel I feel very honored to be uh, to be here speaking with you, a kindred spirit as well, working working on Bitcoin. We're an hour and a half in here now. Um, to end it on lightning, like where where do you see it going? Do you see it improving drastically and 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 be getting to the point where people can go to vending machines and and make fast and easy payments? Because sometimes they'll go to make a lightning transaction. It'll take a little bit to find a route, and the mm. payment will mm. take like ten to thirty seconds. Like, do you think that gets cut down too? almost instantaneous over time yeah um i don't see that like happening drastically um but uh, i think it's like um short term um you know you 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 overestimate but then long term you underestimate so it's it's going to be the matter of of uh of not not weeks or months i think until it's like very very user friendly but uh in in i would say few years um i i definitely see it going to um something that we can that we can just use like credit card payment or so with with the same ease and uh yeah yeah bang bang it's been an incredible conversation thank you for coming by again on this monday night thank you for having me well it's I, really awesome yeah um Again, any any last comments you want to make? Any any words of advice to somebody who may be approaching Bitcoin Core, or approaching Bitcoin development, or who may be on the fringe, not not knowing where to to jump in from a developer's perspective? Um, I mean, first of all, if you're listening to this maybe a year from now or or, or nine months from now, and you're thinking about applying to uh, another residency or so, just go ahead. Don't don't think about it too much. Uh, just you know, answer the questions and. Uh, I don't know if there's a coding challenge or not, but yeah, just uh, um, just definitely do it. I think uh, every one of the participants uh, was like feeling like they they didn't belong for whatever reason, or so like a lot of uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. So um, really, don't worry about that too much. Um, and uh, in the meantime, if you just want to jump in, yeah, um, uh, just look around for the resources um, don't be afraid to um, approach people on IRC if you're if you have questions about anything like people are much more approachable than you than you might think like I'm I'm still amazed by that um, I definitely even don't even use it enough right now I mean like right now I have face-to-face uh, -face access um, to people directly but uh, the um, uh, channels are basically open to to lots of people um, and uh, yeah just just jump in just just look around on on github or whatever for for some kind of small open issue um, or something that you observe that could be improved by just a little bit and and just just get started yeah i think that's great advice don't be afraid i like imposter syndrome is something to be overcome and and you'll find that a lot of people are, are nicer than you expect out there exactly fabian it's been a pleasure i wish you well in the last 11 days of the residency uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what you put out there and, and what you continue to build. And thank you for contributing to Bitcoin. Seriously, um, you're, we you. need more people like you. It's it's a very important project. Uh, I believe imperative for the future of humanity. So thank you again for working on it, trying to make it better. Thank you. Peace and it. thank you for uh, talking about it a lot and promoting it. Uh, well, well, again, I wouldn't have anything to talk about if there weren't people like you building <laughs> it. So with that... I bear you farewell, freaks. Peace and love. Bye-bye.